0: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red, as Nottingham Forest survived the greatest siege since Steven Seagal took back the USS Missouri, a nice film reference at Brighton last night. So joining me to discuss that game and look ahead to Liverpool on Saturday is Mikey
1: Clark. Mikey, are you well? Morning, Matt. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. That was a very niche film reference but a cracking film so good way it's to it's a great
0: film isn't it it's mm. a great film i hope the younger viewers uh take time to check out the first under siege film but not the second one that's not quite as good um that intro was a bit in jest, really because you know the second half i felt was a lot better but the first half it was proper like the Alamo, like full on backs to the wall stuff what did you make of it overall
1: yeah same it was a. Uh... I wouldn't say I I enjoyed that first half performance, but I think it was it it was it was kind of necessary after recent recent events. So um, you, you can always tell the dynamic and the makeup of the game. I think within the first sort of five or six minutes, and the fact that we sort of retreated onto the edge of our box and sort of camped there um, was sort of indicative of of what was to come in that first half. And um, without being too critical, I think you know you're a team that's bottom of the league prior to the last couple of games, we'd let in, what, 16 goals in four games. You had to stop the rot. There's, there's no way we could have continued playing the way we were playing, two open in midfield with two against three and even four sometimes. So I, I completely understand why in recent games, um, Steve Cooper's gone to a back four, he's got those three in midfield. And then when we lose the ball, we almost drop off into a four five one. So prior to the game yesterday, that's what I expected. And to be fair, that's what I got. <laughs> you also have to take into account the, the the level and the quality of the opposition. So this isn't a Brighton team that was under Chris Ootan when they first went up. And, uh, you know, they were pretty decent at home, pretty rubbish away. And they sort of scrapped and they, they they held their own and they just stayed up for those first season, for the first season or two. This is a completely different animal we played last night. So, so this is a team that has been taken apart teams in recent years. Yes, under Graham Potter, but it's still the same players. So I expected to go last night. I didn't go to the game, but my friends did. I certainly watched it. Um, I expected a tough ride, certainly in that first half. I expected a team that would sit back, i.e. Um, We'd have little of the ball, which we did. I think we ended up with 30% possession. But none of this surprised me. And I think the good thing... The thing that I took out of it, certainly that first off, is under that sort of intense pressure, a few games ago, we'd have done what we did against Fulham and Bournemouth and Leicester, which is letting a number of goals in a very short period of time. And I was pleased that that didn't happen. So you yeah, get Ryan Yates chucking himself in front of everything, breaking his nose, getting, getting kicked in the stomach. Um, There's some tactical fouls going on all over the pitch to stop them from sort of progressing quickly. And the pragmatist in me kind of liked that. So I think it was exactly what I expected. We were holding on for dear life in that first half. But like you said, Matt, and I'll be honest, I didn't feel that much, um, that sort of siege mentality in the second half. I think we sort of grew into the game a little bit. We had more possession further up the pitch, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. And in the end... And I know maybe stats don't know maybe stats don't reflect this. If you look at the stats, what, 19 shots to three. We had one shot. Um, I don't think we had a shot on target, actually. We certainly had one corner. um, Sort of a, a quarter amount of passes as they did. You know, a neutral or somebody that didn't watch the game looking at that would, would suggest, well, Brighton just absolutely battered them and held on. And they did in the first half. But I thought in the second half, we were good value for it. And to be honest, that last 10 minutes, I thought we did well. We went to a back five. We sort of squeeze, squeeze them in, in our central midfield area. And, and you know, I, I think we were, choose my words carefully, I'd say worthy of the point, certainly we battled hard enough to take something from that game. And you have to start somewhere. Like I said, you can't keep shipping in all these goals. So it was a tough watch, but a point that we might look back later in the season and say, what crucial point that was. Was it a turning point of the season? Who knows? But um, if you would have offered me a point before the game, Matt, I would have, would have bit your hand off.
0: Yeah, I suppose for me, the first half and the second half show the two ways of going about that kind of performance. And the first half for me was probably the way you don't go about it. You're very timid, you're very deep, you look panicked and you're just kind of lucky to get to nil-nil. And then the second half, I thought was much better, as you say. They got up, up the pitch a bit more. They got about them a bit more. They got men in the box a little bit more. There was that bit where Yates crossed it and there was four in the box. And i thought they looked a better side and if if the whole match had been like those 90 minutes and we i think we'd be really upbeat about it and i think we have to take the positives that second half for me the first half was a bit alarming but got through it and then played a lot better in the second half and i want to talk about ryan yates because i thought he typified how you go about that kind of performance the way he led from the front obviously put his body on the line literally getting kicked here there and everywhere uh i mean he's got his detractors, but He typifies what that kind of performance is, doesn't he?
1: He does. He does indeed. I didn't think he was great. In fact, I didn't think any of them were were particularly good in the first half. You know, we kept giving, kept trying to um, progress from very deep inside our half, kept giving the ball away. I understand the ethos of how we're trying to play. But sometimes, like I said to you before we started this, sometimes you just have to whack it down the channel and, you know, stop giving the ball away in dangerous areas. And and, Yates, he was as guilty as that as anyone. Um, However, that second half, I think he really upped his game. Him and a few others, Scott McKenna's another one, that I thought added that extra 10, 15%. Um, there were at least two or three times during that last 20 minutes where they had shots from the edge of the box. And it was Ryan Yates chucking himself in front to stop him. One with his stomach, one with his knees. Like you said, Matt, he got kicked in the face. He also got kicked in the stomach as well. Um, and he he, absolutely, yeah.
0: stomach,
1: he must be really hurting this morning. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. He must be really hurting this morning. Um, but like you said, Matt, he he did typify um, the grit and determination that we showed to try and get something out of that game. And let's be honest, everybody who listens or watches this or watches or watches Forrest knows he's not the best player we've ever had. But do you know what? I take the amount of of, of effort and, like I said, determination that he puts in over somebody that maybe has more talent but doesn't necessarily, you know, give what Ryan Yates gives. And there's a reason why, and we've said this before, not even Steve Cooper. There's a reason why the managers at Forest seem to pick him. And it's because of what we saw in that, in that last 20 minutes. I think he got man of the match, didn't he, Yates? See, I think, um,
0: he, he did on Amazon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not surprised for me. It was either him or him or Scott McKenna, who I thought was excellent as well, or obviously the goalkeeper He made seven saves. So, you know, he's obviously going to be very busy. Um, but I think those three, the spine of the team, got something out of that game. And like I said, it could be a really big point.
0: There's two parts of the team I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, we might as well do midfield now. I think, yeah, someone said, to, a few people said to me in my mentions on Twitter that he can't control the game, he's rubbish, blah, 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 etc. And I agree, he can't control the game. I don't think he's rubbish or all. I think he does a good role for the team. So, in a three... I think he has a good value because he can break up the play and then he can let others get on the ball. And I think perhaps that's what we need to see now. I'm still waiting to see a bit more from Freuler, I must admit. And I thought Mangala came in and looked rusty, but you could see that promise that he's a good player, but he hasn't played for a while. I think there's a a trio there, but I I think O'Brien, for me, has been better than Freuler. Do we need to see Freuler step up now? Because he had a really good game against Liverpool in Champions League from what I've Heard from Darren Fletcher who was raving against him for Atalanta last season and now is the time we need to see him grab a game by the scruff of the neck, tactics allowing. I know there's difficulties around that as a midfielder, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is and I think that's a good point, Matt. I think what I saw last night is Froyle is about 10 yards deeper than those other two when we don't have the ball. And I was keeping a, keeping a close eye on this as well because I'm not sure I expected that. So, if that's the way they're going to set up, and I think you make a great point about having the three in central midfield, you know where we've lost previous games, I hope people listening and, and, and watching this a bit later kind of agree with me, is when you lose control of that midfield for 10, 15 minutes, you don't get it back, um, the ball and and the control of the game. Um, and it's wave after wave after wave. And eventually with, with teams with that quality, they're going to break you down. And Unfortunately, when you've got when you've lost a few games on the bounce and you've got a bit of a fragile um, confidence level, one becomes two, becomes three. So the fact we've now gone three central midfielders allows exactly what you said to happen, Matt. So Yates, he doesn't necessarily need to control a game. He's got more than one person next to him. So for him, Yates' role could be about what he did yesterday, breaking the game up, sticking in tackles, trying to get us up the pitch, um, trying to win the ball back knowing that he's got froiler 10 yards behind him, sat in front of that back four to mop up or back five, whatever you want to, whatever you want to play, and Mangala to kind of do the box to box, which I think he he will once he gets a bit of sort of fitness and sharpness in him. I think he's, a, he's, I think he's a really, really good player. So I think the three of them together or A3, so whether you put Lewis O'Brien in, we, we probably need to talk about him because I don't know where he's disappeared to. I think he's the, ill,
0: isn't he? Ill, Ill or injured, it? Yeah.
1: That's interesting because I think he's he's one that probably can control a football game because he's, he's very silky, always looks forward, great on the ball, great with both feet. So adding him to the mix as well might be really interesting. But I do think that's the way to go, um, certainly against the better teams that have possession. You've got to have a three in there, otherwise you're never going to get the ball. We only had 30% of the ball yesterday and we had three in there. So, for example, if we're going to play Liverpool next game in Arsenal, if you go to a two, you might as well just sit on your edge if you own here, you're not going to get the ball. You have to be combative and you have to try and win the ball up the pitch. And I think Yatesy is is perfect to do that. I think he's I think he's probably integral in the forest team at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think you're right there. But you led into my next point about playing further up the pitch. I mean, it's hard for Freula or anyone to dictate a game when you're so camped up back. Although, like you say, I understand why we're doing it at the moment and it makes sense. The other thing about playing so deep. Is early, you said, Oh, sometimes you need to boot the ball up the line to ease the pressure, which you do, but then when you've got the three Lingard, Gibbs, White, and Johnson, they can't feed off that. So you, you've you got them there for the kind of way we went about it against Spurs, where you're higher the pitch, you're pinging and passes around, and that worked pretty well against Brighton. It didn't really work, and I don't blame them particularly. Uh, well, I thought Brennan did well of the three, I thought he worked worked hard and made the best of what he had but can, my question i suppose is can you play lingard gibbs white and johnson as a trio when you are playing a defensive game so i don't think you can for me
1: no I, i'd agree and i'm not going to i'm not going to lie so the conversations we've had offline and you know i've had with a few people is i i probably would have took johnson out of the team by now because of this was even before the wolves game um because i think sometimes you need to protect your younger players and it's not as if we haven't got a few options up there to change it. You know, there's Dennis, there's Awanee, if you want to play a striker, you can play Gibbs White off the front guy. It's not like it was last season where it was basically Brennan feeding Keenan Davis and that was it with, with Surridge off the bat, or oh, forgot Surridge, there's another one. So we do have options there. However, I have to say last night, I thought he was really good. You know, he, he played Brennan in, in that role up top. He ran the channels well. Holding the ball up is not really his game. Um but I think I could kind of understand why he was picked last night, if I, if I'm honest. Um, in answer to your question, Matt, I don't particularly like those those three up front because at this point in our evolution in the Premier League, we are still finding our feet as a team and as a club and and, and as a management team and as a off the pitch structure. We're just trying to understand what it takes to to survive and be competitive on you know all areas, and I think certainly at home if you're trying to win a football game you can't be that deep so i was saying to you off camera wasn't (laughs) that it's great when you you know your principles you try and play the ball out from the back that's absolutely fine but sometimes you just have to get the ball up front and feed off a few scraps and when you've got three relatively what's the word i'm looking for maybe small not necessarily physical players up there um it doesn't stick so Gibbs, White, Johnson and Lingard were picking a ball up literally just inside the, uh, Brighton half last night. So, you know, if they turn, they have a look, they've got five or six men to beat. What you really want is to somehow get up the pitch and give those guys or two of those guys, or even one of those guys, the, the ball in an area where they can do damage. And that is within 20, 25 yards of the goal, be that out wide or, or central, depending on who it is. Um, Playing that way and defending on their gear in box with those three, um, if we do that all season, we'll get relegated. I have absolutely no doubt about that. But with that said, it is horses for courses. We uh, we probably needed to do that. I think against Liverpool, I wouldn't like to see that at all. And I think we'll go on to that in a bit, Matt, in terms of what we what we'd like to see. But I just think it fulfilled a need in the last game or two. Um, but I don't think that's something that, that Steve Cooper will look to do um, going forward. Because, like I said, you, you've got to get those guys the ball in dangerous areas. It's no good Gibbs White and Jesse Lingard picking up the ball ten yards inside their own area, inside their own half, because they can't do any damage. You might as well play an extra midfielder or an extra defender. Got to get up the pitch. But like I said, I don't understand why we did it because we're, you know, we were bottom of the league twelve hours ago. So. what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think I've said this before and before the game. For me, I think you have, you need to play a one-year or Surridge if you're going to go about it this way. I think you probably need to play one of them anyway from, from what we've seen. A one-year, I, he hasn't really done it yet, but I think that there's a player there given time. And Surridge isn't as mobile but he's done well when he's come off the bench so I'd like to see one of those two play and I think Brennan as you said uh, you know I wouldn't have had a problem if Brennan was left out of some of these games I suppose I said before I think the question is who plays instead and can they do any better and I don't think we've seen Dennis or Lingard do any better than Brennan Johnson so far so I think Cooper knows what he's getting from him and he keeps picking him and he'll try and play him through the bad patch, I think. But against Liverpool, I'd definitely play Brennan Johnson because they play such a high line, relentlessly, that, that offside trap. I know they're playing a little bit deeper this season. i saw saying they're playing four or five yards deeper, but Brennan's the one who can spin in behind and stretch a game because we're not going to see much of the ball against Liverpool. So I would definitely play Brennan in that one. Before we go on to Liverpool, there's one question I've written down here. I've written, how do you view the last few games... Forest should now be three unbeaten for me. They should have got a point at Wolves. You know, there was a penalty, obviously, in the Yates header. I've put here, if they play like this all season, they'll go down, like you said. I agree, they can't. This isn't a sustainable plan, but it's to me, it's it's building a platform that hopefully gets them through to the World Cup. Is that how you see it? They have to try and get to the World Cup now with one or two more wins, maybe, from the next four games, which looks tough, and try and get to, what are they on now, six points? I think it's 10 points they're think they'd be adrift is that it's not is, is it a bitter pill we have to swallow do you think to the
1: world cup yeah you just have to stay in touch i think you're right i was looking at what we can um realistically trying to uh, achieve i think it's i think it'll be tough trying to get out those that bottom three before the world cup but what you don't want to be is adrift, like a long way adrift. and i'm talking one maybe even two games adrift um that will be very very difficult coming back and then trying to close that gap because you need to be you need to perform in the top half of the league to try and even just climb up. And that's, you know, it's difficult as it is. I think the next two games, Liverpool and Arsenal, you've got to be realistic about it. they are going to be really, really tough. So if we get anything out of either of them, it has to be seen as a bonus. That's not to say we just turn up and roll over or, you know, have uh, 10 at the back, which I want to talk about actually in a bit because uh the bench makeup of four defenders I was uh, ranting about before the game thinking um in what scenario would you bring four defenders on? To be fair you bought three on. Yeah. <laughs> so so, so what do I know? Um, so, um, but I do think the makeup's slightly wrong. But I think with the Arsenal and the Liverpool game, um it's just let's go there. A good performance is what we want, if what is what we want. Fans to stay behind them and not to get absolutely pummeled will be nice. But I think the two after that Brentford at home and Palace at home You've got to be realistic. We we have to try and play 10, 15 yards further up the pitch, certainly the front six or seven, uh, and try and win the ball back high up and try and score some goals because they're the type of games that we need to get something from. Otherwise, like you said, Matt, we're going to be adrift by the World Cup. And then you look at the fixtures we've got coming back. Um, we do play those, those games again. So, you know, Bournemouth and, and Fulham and the two I've just mentioned, but they're all away from home. So it's not as if we can have a bit of a siege mentality at home, going to those last 10, 12 games, thinking three wins will keep us up. It's it's a lot of away fixtures. So, so I do I do think you need to target those two games. But you can't switch it on and, on like, on and off like a tap. So if we get beat heavily by Liverpool and, you know, uh, 20% possession against Arsenal and get rolled over, to then expect the guys to turn up and get four to six points against those two teams is going to be difficult, which is why... It makes sense to me what he did last night. And it almost makes sense to me what he tried to do at Wolves, which is stay in the game, keep it tight, um, play to some degree the percentages, but not be as open as we were. So like I said at the start, Matt, 16 goals in four games. Any team's going to get relegated if you do that. We had to address the slide and it has done. But like you said, it's not sustainable. But I do think for these next two games, these are free games. i'm not too sure any side we pick is going to get anything from these two but i do think the two after that are games that we really really need to target with more um advanced uh uh forward thinking type players in the starting 11 and maybe not four defenders on the bench <laughs> maybe two
0: <laughs> um, we're recording this before Liverpool play West Ham tonight, which might change the picture. Um, if people are wondering if West Ham have gone to Anfield and won, if uh, we're wondering why we're saying that, so we'll see. I mean, what I've written here is I I'd take positive if they play like against Spurs, against Liverpool and Arsenal, and it gives them you know something to crumbs of comfort to go into the Palace and Brentford games. I think that's a positive. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally rule them out against Liverpool. Liverpool. We'll see what Liverpool. Liverpool might tank West Ham tonight, but I think there's, there's going to be games. Hopefully, where Forest bring a couple of surprises, and this one might be one where they can get a point and uh, you know send a bit of a message to the league that they're not a, a joke. And hopefully, they're starting to do that in the last couple of games. Uh, you know, they should, like I say, they should be three unbeaten. Um, the bench. Just wanted to mention the bench, as you say. So the subs on the bench would Biancon, Warrell toffolo who came on and off i think he might have been injured hopefully not um and willy bolly and then creata who can play in defense uh, uh renan lodi's injured lewis o'brien's ill i think mike it might, it might show the unbalance of this squad doesn't it a little bit we've got so many defenders that are much yep. and yeah then, it does it,
1: it does it does sorry Matt. Go on.
0: no i was going to say just and then we've got you know a clutch of midfielders and a clutch of forwards who are pretty much all fit at the moment there's just there's a lot of defenders in this squad isn't there
1: there is, yeah, yeah, you're right, and I think it's been built with playing three at the back in mind, hasn't it? So we've got what six, seven centre halves. Um, nine. Is, is it nine? Oh my word! I think so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so it's been it's been built with that in mind, but obviously now we are we've gone to a back four, so it even it looks even more unbalanced. I'm hoping that we do go back to a back five um, at some stage because I always think we look a bit more um, a bit. Better, a bit more solid as a back five, but only when we have three in midfield. I don't want to confuse things because I've mentioned we're letting a load of goals as, as a back five. Um, the way we ended the game yesterday is the way I would start against Liverpool personally. Um don't know whether we want to skip on that now. It's up to you, Matt. But with with the five and the three and then the one behind one, be that Gibbs, White and Johnson or whoever, I just think that makes us look a lot, a lot, a lot more solid. And then I won't moan about the amount of defenders on the bench. <laughs> if we've got five playing and three on the bench, that kind of... Kind of makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, I think I think Temp said on Monday's episode, uh, or it might have been it's one of them, but the, whoever it was, they were quite right, that you will see um, business in January. And I think it won't necessarily be um, targeting new players, maybe at the top end of the pitch, which is fine. I just think you'll see a rebalancing of the squad. So let's say we, that we do go to a back four as our preferred formation. And even if we don't, I just still think we've got way too much at that sort of back end and not enough up front. I think Darren Fletcher said on one of these um, one of these podcasts, Matt, that um, we've only really got one number nine. And I think he's right. And we're not yeah, even playing in.
0: Yeah, one year in Surridge, I think, of the two. He's mm. come into the picture a bit more since Fletcher said that. But yeah, that's right, mm. I think, yeah.
1: So i think I think I think we will I think we'll we'll strengthen um certainly the top end of the pitch, but I, I think you'll see people leave it at the back end once we decide how we want to go in terms of the shape. But now having four or even five defenders, if you include Koyate on the bench in recent games is just a bit, it does have a feel of a bit of, of, of imbalance. And I understand O'Brien's ill or injured or whatever. That's absolutely fine But you'd like to you'd want Steve to have options across across the pitch, which I think he does have. But I think the way he's playing at the moment, there's, there's just too much at that back end. And and he's probably thinking, how do I get those, regardless of how many defenders we got, which ones do I have on the pitch? Because we're shipping in goals. And to be fair, we've let in, let me have a think. So one against Villa, one against uh, Wolves, which was a penalty, and kept a clean sheet last night. So that Ashley Young strike for Villa, I mean, when's he ever hit a ball like that? For mm. like years? Have he just yeah. uh, and I know there's this comments around closing him down and the amount of goals we've let him from from outside the box, which is fair enough. But Ashley Young won't hit another goal like that for the rest of his career. Then Wolves had a had a penalty, and then we kept a clean sheet last night. So we're getting there defensively. There is there is green shoots. Um, so I, I'm I'm really positive. I didn't expect anything last night, to be honest. So the fact that we that we dug in wasn't pretty and we got a point, we we just move on. We have to target those two games, as we said, Matt. They're the key ones before the World Cup.
0: True. At half-time, um, I said we'd lose 4-0. <laughs> to get a point, <laughs> Yeah. the way he was going, I was yeah very happy. And to get a point in a clean sheet as well, I we should mention Henderson. He's come in for some stick for his performances. Well, he was good yesterday, wasn't he? Kicking has been a bit wayward, but I think it was pretty solid last night, and his all-round game was good, wasn't it?
1: Uh, made a cracking save in the second half if people can remember that it's the one where he's he's almost anticipating it going low so he's dropped down to his knees and the guy scuffs it i think it was pascal gross scuffs it into the ground and it bounces up and he's the strength in his calves you know when i get up out of bed in the morning (laughs) and after i have to pull myself out of my my legs hurt so I felt for him then because he's, he's sort of bending down and he has to sort of push himself back up. He's a little more agile than I am. That's probably fair to say. <laughs> you hell, yeah. Just maybe a little bit. But it was a it was a cracking save. And it's it's little things like that that you're thinking, oh, we'll be all right tonight. You know, you, we'll get the point. And he's going to be crucial for us um, for the rest of the season. I think he's a brilliant goalkeeper. And that's not always been my view. So a few people watch this or go, oh, Mikey, when, when you signed him, you were, you were fuming, not necessarily with signing him, but with the whole uh, Samba issue, but, um, you know, a guy can change his mind (laughs) and he's, he's been, um, he's been, he's been great. And I know there are a few issues with his distribution, of course, uh, which is probably why he's playing for forest and not, and not, you know, in the manifesting, but, um, I think he's a brilliant upgrade and he's, he's a great character as well. Did you see his interview afterwards? He, um, yeah, yeah speaks really well he's obviously really passionate there's no short shortage of uh, confidence with him i'll say that so um yeah he'll be crucial for us i think he did great yesterday uh
0: have you scribbled down an 11 for liverpool i haven't i didn't ask you to have you got one i can read got, out one while you do if you want
1: i've got one up here so do you want to go first Matt, and then i'll see if you've got the same as me
0: uh okay i'm doing mine on the fly so mm. um henderson in goal uh, I think i like you say, maybe a move back to a back three would make sense. Um, although I'd be happy with a back four, but I'll say a three. So I'll say Warhol, Cook, McKenna. Uh, assuming Tofflow's injured, it looks like it's going to be Orian Williams, which is fine. Then i play three in midfield, so we're basically 5-3-2. Uh, Yates, Freuler, Mangala. Um, and then up front, I still think you need a one year, And then I'd play Johnson, so I'd be taking out Gibbs White and Lingard and I'd be looking for an impact from Gibbs White off the bench and Lingard. I feel for Lingard a bit because he's not getting the service and not he's getting nothing to feed off but I think we do need to see more from him at, at some point. He's the marquee signing. He didn't influence that game again last night so I, I don't think he could complain if he came out of the side but like I say he's feeding off proper scraps so it's a difficult set of uh, cards he was dealt last night still but yeah, that would be my possible team. Although, like I say, if they stay with a back four and um, would I make any change? If if they say the back four, the only other change I make would be a one year for Lingard and, or Surridge and get a focal point in. I'd go with a one year. So either, either of those teams are good for me. What about you?
1: Yeah, uh, not too di- uh, different, to be honest. If they stay with a back four, that's exactly what I would do. I'd have a focal point in there one you probably for Lingard and put Johnson one side, Gibbs White the other, but keep exactly the same behind that. I'd like to see us go back with a back three. The reason being, um Liverpool's way of breaking down teams is, I mean he calls it rock and roll football, doesn't it? It's just ex- explosive, quick passing down the channels. Their fullbacks basically play up from. It's terrifying. So, um, I wouldn't like to see a back four against that because i think especially if you if you play um uh steve cook and cook has great attributes pace is not one of them frightens a life out of me so i think i will go with a back three um same as you cook worrell um mckenna assuming toffolo is injured and he did look to i saw him he sort of stretching his um stretching his leg so i wonder if he's tweaked something so assuming he's not fit you probably have to go with aria and williams Then I'd have the same three in midfield for continuity's sake. And because I think the mix is right with Furler sitting a bit deeper, then Mangolo and Yates just trying to get stuck in and try and win some balls a bit higher up the pitch. Where I'd slightly differ from you, Matt, is I'd have Johnson up top because of what you said. They will defend very high. And any sort of balls over the top, uh, I know who I want on the end of them, and it's Johnson. So I'd play him as the focal point up front. Um, and I'd probably have Gibbs White in, in behind him uh, simply because if anybody can thread a through ball to Johnson, it's probably him. And also he's quite versatile. So he can go up front like he did for Sheffield last year. If we if we'd sort of push in, he can drop back into midfield or we can go wide. So if we're really under the cosh, we could always go to a four and put Gibbs White wide. So I think he's quite versatile. So I'd probably go with that. Try and stifle and stay in the game as long as you can or maybe just keep it to one goal and then as you say Matt, you've got the options off the bench you've got your four defenders I'll <laughs> keep going on about but more more realistically you've got your Jesse Lingard you've got your Alan Ears or your Surridge's um, you can also sort of sharpen it up in midfield if you need to if O'Brien's back um, so you have options the last third of that game if you need to change it but I do think like I said to you like off air before this the way Liverpool play, if we go with the back four, it, it's, uh, it scares me. So I would have that extra person at the back. And it will drop into a back five. And that's understandable because they're like the second best team in the country, maybe even in Europe. So we're going to be under the cosh. Um, and that back five was pretty well. Certainly the three centre-backs was the bedrock of us, of our promotion season. So they all know each other. They understand how they play. We played Liverpool before, of course. <clears throat> Although I think we went with a four then with Figueredo. Um but I would try and be uh, as tight as possible. So I'd have the five three one one is the way I will go. Not particularly exciting, but let's be honest. If it's nil-nil with 20 minutes to go, who's gonna who's gonna care? Everybody'd mm-hmm. be like, come on, we can do this, we can get something out of the game. What you don't want is to be three 0 down at half time.
0: Yeah, and that five three one one or whatever it became does let you double up on Salah and pick up Alexander Arnold who's going to be right up the pitch I would think so yeah it won't be pretty but it might be the way you have to go I think right uh, I think we'll leave it there this was a recorded episode because of childcare again so sorry there's no comments to refer to but we'll be back to normal service on Monday after that game Uh, so thanks for watching hope you enjoyed it Mikey thanks very much anything
1: you want to add before we depart no I don't think so Um, just that uh, how we're doing on um, our fantasy Premier League Matt, I think I've, I've slipped down the table horrifically. I think my brother's still up there and a couple of his mates as well. So, Wow,
0: well, I'm glad you raised it because I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> I Should think have I'm, top, <laughs> I'm certainly in the top 100 in the league. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm doing better in our mini league, certainly. So that's good. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'll do an update at the end of the month, a proper one. But yeah, there's lots of people in our league. So good competition. Certainly some ridiculous scores as well. Uh, right. I think we shall leave it there. Mikey, thank you very much.
1: No, always a pleasure, Matt. Thanks. Good, good chat. Hope everyone enjoyed uh, listening and uh, watching, for those who watch on YouTube and Facebook.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely very much so. We'll be back on Monday. So have a good rest of the week. Enjoy the Liverpool game and we shall see everyone soon.